What's up, everybody? This is Big Nate, and this is the podcast. Let's talk about creepy stuff. Pretty self-explanatory. We're going to talk about creepy stuff. Places, things, people, anything creepy. It's always been an interest of mine. So, stay tuned, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Today, we're going to take a little trip and start around the year 2008. Today's topic is about... A young woman named Samantha Wolford and Samantha had aspirations of being a star um, going viral on YouTube and becoming recognized by people all over the world and she got her wish but probably not in the way she had hoped so like I said today let's roll back to 2008 where a certain young couple met at a tattoo shop a young man named Ernie Lee Ibera ran into the girl that would give him children and, unbeknownst to him, his death sentence. Samantha Nicole Wolford was born in 1989, and she was the oldest of three children. She had a pair of twins with her high school boyfriend when she was 19, and in 2011, uh, when she was with Ernie Ibera, uh, she got pregnant again, producing another set of twins. And then a fifth child arrived between her and Ernie, in 2013 so wow that is a lot of babies that is that's crazy um nothing wrong with having a lot of babies but man it's hard on you i'm sure having to you know like financially to support all that so um and you know my point's proven right here because ernie had two jobs um he worked at a bat manufacturing place uh called dbat and at night, he would be at Little Caesar's Pizza as his second job. So he worked a lot. Um, Samantha started a YouTube channel thinking it could possibly generate some extra cash. And so I think, too, she just was bored and didn't want to be a mom. So she just started doing this stuff. But um, I watched her videos, and <laughs> they kind of discussed things like, you know, herself 100% of the time mostly about like what made her mad what being a young mom to so many kids is like you know her makeup fashion kind of thing and pretty much like i said herself um if you look up any of these videos and samantha wolford's a hot hot topic on youtube so to speak um she is now but she wasn't then um it'll kind of watching the videos can make you roll your eyes so hard you break your neck um it's the most narcissistic circus a person could put into video format like it is literally a self-centered vlog video blog about just her um you can tell she's quite full of herself um samantha really didn't have much of a following um but she in her own mind believed she did and thought she needed to spend most of her time recording and ignoring her mom duties um in her own mind, she'd already achieved superstardom, and she believed that she had to do this, you know, like she had to be online and make these videos about herself so people could watch. And Ernie didn't like it that much, but she didn't like his gaming hobby either. Apparently, he was super smart with computers, and he was an avid gamer. Um, so both of them fought with each other all the time. He got mad at her about making videos too much, and she got mad at him. Uh, because he played games too much. And then one time in particular, Samantha found out <laughs> that Ernie's online character had married another character, and she was super jealous and upset. And so to make it up to her, 
Ernie asks Samantha to marry him in real life. That way she could be okay with that. And guess what? She accepted. How dysfunctional and out of touch is this? Like, it's insane. You don't, like, like it's a game, okay? And, like, this is just a part of those games. Like, you can, your fictional characters can marry other characters. And I'm not, you know, I think it's odd to do that anyway, I guess. But I'm not knocking it. It's, you know, whatever. Nerds do nerd stuff. I'm a nerd myself. But, like, <laughs> she's so mad about this. He's like, look, let's get married, and then it'll be cool. And she's like, all right, that sounds pretty chill, so let's do that. And so they get married. But the marriage wouldn't be a fairy tale, though, because not too far into it, something horrible was going to happen. So on the early morning, um, February 20th in 2015, Rosie Wolford, which is Samantha's mom, got a very crazy phone call from her daughter Samantha Rosie says uh, she told this source uh, called snap or snapped I'm sorry um, Rosie told the source called snapped she said there were intruders and apparently they had kidnapped Ernie I finally managed to hear her say I'm tied up and now I'm really freaking out I've never been so scared in my life so that's what Rosie told this source uh, called Snap that Samantha said to her on this phone call. Sounds pretty crazy. So Rosie then calls her sister, Ginger uh, Kesterson, who didn't live far off from them, and she drove over to the home. And she finds Samantha upstairs, bound and gagged, um, with her feet tied behind her back. And, uh, yeah, like like it looks like this whole horrible scene um, and Samantha's tied up and just left upstairs. Um, and this is in the court document. So this is, this is supposed, this is legitly supposed to be what happened. So officers from the Titus County Sheriff's Department showed up not long after, you know, uh, not long after that. And when they searched the home, they, they couldn't help but point out that it didn't look like any valuables were taken, which is kind of really hard, like, like really odd for this kind of home invasion. And, and by the way, home invasions like this are very odd anyway because most of the time thieves like it's just too much of a risk and like they don't want to get wanted for murder on top of theft you know they want to make it as discreet as possible so they're going to try to break into homes when nobody's there um so it's very odd that they would break in at this time of night where most people are home um and then you know obviously they're both of the people were there so it's just odd um and then they notice that there's not even any valuables taken so the front door was busted to pieces, and obviously there were signs of struggle everywhere. Um, apparently there was blood on the wall, um, and then there was, uh, they found a lock of hair by the door, um, and so it, it just looked like this weird, you know, scenario, like these men broke in specifically to go and attack uh, Ernie. So Samantha was brought in for questioning, and she said that her and Ernie were just in bed asleep and some dudes entered the bedroom and proceeded to just rehack it, wreak uh, havoc on them. And so, uh, Samantha told the investigators, I remember sometime it was a little after maybe 1am someone jerking the blankets down, which startled me. And then Samantha said one of the attackers then put a knife to her throat and then they dragged Ernie, uh, downstairs and they beat him. And then afterward, they decided to bring her downstairs as well. 
She says, they had me on my knees, forcing him to look at me. It was like they were using me like some kind of taunting factor, and they were punching him in the face with a gun. That's a very odd way to say that. They were punching him in the face with a gun. Oh. Samantha is seen tearfully telling detectives about all this stuff and, and, you know, their investigation footage. So, or maybe I should say interrogation footage. Either way, it's on video. Um, apparently, I was listening uh, to uh, an explanation, too, of this, that they were taunting him and, and really giving him, like, they were really rubbing his face in the fact that he had such a beautiful wife and he needed to treat her better and, you know, she, she, she's just so hot and awesome. There's no way you should, uh, you should be, you're so lucky, you know, you need to appreciate this more. And I'm kind of like, oh boy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Samantha said Ernie was then taken out of the home and then they took uh, her back upstairs um, and they bound and gagged her. And then after they left, she with all her, hero or her heroic power, was able to wiggle over to the phone and dial her mom's number with her nose. Um, that seems very odd. To, like, I don't believe, I don't know, that seems very, depending on how the phone's set up and all that, like, that just sounds way too outlandish. She claimed that the guys that broke in had uh, masks, you know, over their faces, and then they wore baggy black clothes. So she has no idea who these people are. But apparently, they are just avengers of beautiful women that are, that that aren't appreciated by their husbands. Is kind of where she's leading the conversation. Investigators did a trace on Ernie's phone around 3:20 a.m. and they got a lock on him, uh, and it was nearby in uh, Pittsburgh, Texas. But then. Uh, they weren't able to find him, and then the signal later went cold. So um, they, they got a lock on him because of his phone, but then they lost it, and they couldn't find him. So they find out that there was a little bit of a, a problem uh, back in 2014. Uh, apparently there was some kind of physical altercation, uh, according to Samantha, between her and Ernie. And... They brought Ernie in to question him, um, and he was arrested. Um, and they pretty much uh, put a, uh, an emergency protective order against him uh, for Samantha. But then, like Ernie's family said, this was all bogus. Like, yes, this happened, but Ernie didn't do that. And the more that I studied this case, I'm kind of on board with him because I just couldn't believe he was some crazy psycho woman beater. Um, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know, but it's, it just seemed like evidence stacked up more against her than him. Um, but apparently that was all in the past, uh, according to Samantha. Um, and they claim that she actually, um, the cops pretty much said that she talked very well of Ernie. Like she made it out like they had a good marriage and everything was all good to go. Um, and so it, She's acting like, you know, yeah, we did have some issues back then, but everything's good now, so I don't know what's going on. Investigators kind of wanted to get her idea, um, you know, maybe what could have happened, and so they're, they're talking to her about uh, the events of the day uh, that, that would eventually lead up to the attack, and she says that she was at the hospital 
visiting a friend who was having a baby. And apparently, um, she, while she's here in this hospital with her friend, there's a guy she meets and his name is Johnny Reb. And she believes that maybe Johnny Reb could have been the man that did this to her beloved husband. <laughs> when I see Johnny Reb, I'm like, is this freaking Greece? Like, like, <laughs> like what, what is this? I guess that was an internet name. I don't know. Or his code name or nickname. I don't know. I just can't like, there's old Johnny Reb coming down the street right there. And I'm kind of like, yeah, uh, probably that would, uh, it's just a cringy thing. Um, but Samantha claimed while she met Johnny in the hospital, uh, she loaned him her car, uh, so that, uh, they could drive a friend home from the hospital. Um, and so she had apparently during this whole, you know, meeting with Johnny Reb, she gets to know him and they're talking and, uh, she apparently talks about how bad her husband is toward her, um, and that he's abusive and, uh, apparently Johnny couldn't handle that. This beautiful young woman, this beautiful flower being abused by Ernie. And he says that he, he takes exception to, to men that do that kind of thing. Um, and that if she needed him to, he would be willing to step in and handle some business. And like, I can just picture how she's telling this story. Like just, making it out like, oh, it's such a pain to live in a world where you're so beautiful and, and loved by so many, you know, just everyone wants to take and take up with you and help you. And, oh, it's such a burden to be the wonderful person I am. So <laughs> authorities learned, uh, old Johnny Reb, uh, had a real name, which was Jonathan Kyle Sanford and that he was 25 years old and he had recently been released from prison. He's a real stand-up guy, you know, he, he's, he takes up for the ladies, um, and he was in jail before that, so I don't know. Maybe he learned the error of his ways. I don't think so. We'll see in a minute. Um, Samantha said he had texted her from the hospital, and uh, the detectives rushed, uh, rushed there to catch old Johnny Red. Apparently, she just got a text from him, and she's like, hey, here's where he's at. Go get him. So, uh, <laughs> Johnny Reb, uh, anyway, old Johnny, uh, got apprehended and, uh, they rounded up a few others with him too. His brother-in-law, Jose Antonio, um, and maybe Ponce or Ponce either way, um, who's age 26 and, uh, both men were charged with aggravated kidnapping uh, local ABC affiliate, uh, KLTV reported at the time that, you know, uh, that, that these two had been apprehended. So Sanford said, old Johnny Reb said that he met Samantha and, uh, a couple days earlier at the hospital through his girlfriend, Charlotte Kemp, um, who had just given birth. And Samantha told him all about Ernie's abuse and how, he was just not a good guy and blah, blah, blah. And old Johnny Reb said he could take Ibera, you know, old Ernie, uh, out of the picture, according to the court documents. So to help him, old Johnny Reb recruited his brother-in-law. Can I call him Ponzi? Let's just call him Ponzi just for the heck of it. So old jo <laughs> Johnny Reb recruited old Ponzi 
and another friend, Octavius Lamar Rhymes, age 28. And they, what they had is, is this awesome triune, just packed of men that like to correct bad guys, um, who, who aren't good to their wives. <laughs> I'm having too much fun doing this. Um, and they had this ingenious plot, all three of them to, uh, plant methamphetamine in Ernie's truck and then set him up for a drug bus, get him arrested. That teach him a lesson. Um, and so on the night of February 19th, Johnny Reb, uh, Octavius and, uh, <laughs> or not Octavius, or was it Octavius? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Johnny Reb and Octavius and Sam, old Samantha and her children all hop in her vehicle because they're going to go buy some meth to plant in Ernie's truck. Can you, let's just think about that. She gets her kids, these two guys she barely even knows, and they're going to go buy meth to plant in her husband's truck. It, I, it's just, this is so, like, people like this, like, aggra- like I just, ugh, so cringy. Well, at some point, they decided that murdering Ernie was going to be a whole lot easier. Like, you know what? Instead of doing this whole meth thing, let's just, let's murder the guy. And guess what? They, they were like, you know what? We might as well just keep this meth then because, you know, we don't want to let good meth go to waste. And so on the way to do the deed, right, of correcting this wayward husband of his evils, Sanford, old Johnny Reb, Octavius Rhymes, and Ponzi decided to smoke the meth they had bought. You know what literally happened, and I don't care. I know I'm right on this. They literally bought this meth and then decided, we can't let this go to waste. It would be better to kill the guy, and we can just smoke the meth ourselves. This is insanity. This is craziness. People like this exist, and that's really, really scary to me. They need Jesus. So, after beating Ernie, now now we're at the crime scene, right? After they beat this guy, all hyped up on meth that they originally were going to plan on him, they bust in the house, drag him downstairs, beat him. Then they uh, tie Samantha, excuse me, getting over COVID. They tie Samantha up upstairs, and then they drive him to a remote area in a neighboring camp in uh, the neighboring uh, Camp County, Texas. And then old Ponzi shot him in the back of the head. They hit him in the head multiple times with the pistol. Um, they, they had hit him across the face with it. They had punched him. But then the death came from you know him actually being shot in the back of the head by Ponzi. Is what they told uh, this source called Snapped. So they, been, they beat him half to death. Then they finally just shot him in the back of the head and killed him. So uh, Johnny Reb cracked. And he said he would help investigators find Ernie's body. And so Johnny Reb and Ponzi's charges uh, were subsequently upgraded to include murder. Um, Yeah, you think they would be, right? So the cops then found text messages that Samantha had been sending to Octavius while police were trying to trace Ernie's phone. So while they're looking for Ernie's phone, she's shooting texts over to the guys because she knows what they're doing. And these texts read, kill Ernie's phone. Like, kill the phone. This is what she sent. She's talking about Ernie's phone because she knew they were tracking it. Then she says, shut that crap down. Ditch phone. Move. 
So she's sending all these texts to tell these guys what to do because she's keeping an eye on what the cops are doing. That's why the trail from the phone went cold. This girl is, I mean, being honest, she's being evil. Um, and so once they find out, she's in cahoots with all these guys because, thank the Lord, she was silly enough to send texts from her phone to them because they can track them, guys. Even if you delete them, they can find them. Trust me. I've watched enough cop shows. Samantha Wolford was then arrested and she was charged with aggravated kidnapping and murder. Octavius Rhymes was apprehended and charged similarly on February 26, 2015. Um, Jonathan Sanford, Johnny Reb, and uh, Jose Ponzi um, pleaded guilty in April 2016 and were each sentenced to 50 years in prison. Um, it's what KLTV reported, of course it reported that. In December of that year, Octavius Rhymes went to trial and was forced guilt uh, and was forced <laughs> well I guess in a way he couldn't help it uh, like, <laughs> you're getting that verdict but he was uh, found guilty and uh, on all counts and he got a combined uh, 93 year prison sentence Whew. hey yeah old Samantha Wolford went on trial for the murder of her husband Ernie Ibera in September 2017 and she was found guilty and received a 99 year prison sentence to be served consecutively with a 50 year sentence for kidnapping did Samantha learn the error of her ways during her prison time I can't answer that for you but I can tell you that she still is on the internet there's a site called jailbabes.com where apparently inmates, women inmates, can talk with people and find love online again. And she has a whole profile on there and is willing to talk to people online. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say she probably hasn't changed much since she's still pretty self-centered. Let's hope she, uh, she really gets that worked out. So, today's episode, it's pretty creepy, I would say. This is what the internet has done to some people. I'm not saying it's all bad. It's kind of a double-edged sword. But it can really lead to some mental illness that leads to creepy things. Um, and so I hope you, uh, yeah, I hope nobody listening to this ever becomes so vain with the internet that it leads them uh, down a path of, you know, narcissism that could end up in murder because that's definitely something everybody needs to avoid. So anyway... Thanks for tuning in, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode.